There's nobody like the Lord. He's worthy. Nobody like him. Jesus. There's nobody like him. Nobody, nobody. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel his presence in here today. If you don't mind, if you just take 30 seconds and give God a praise the best way you can, any way you know how, just, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Give him your praise. I just want to, hey, now, now back, back, back years ago, we do something like, when I think of his goodness, what he's done for me, how he bled and died just on Calvary. I can dance, 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 dance all night. party chants in case you don't know. I, I, I got a praise. I, I got a praise and I got to get it up. I got a praise. Yes. I got a praise. I got a praise and I got to get it up. I got a I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But, but one more, if you don't mind. If you've been through what I've been through, then you be acting like me too. Let's praise him. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for worship. Thank you, Lord, for the praise that has been brought into the house and the liveliness of our worship, for the singers that have sung and the musicians that have prayed, and for the ministers that have led us in worship. We ask now that you speak afresh, take complete control, touch us on the deep level of our lives, and grant that we hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my, 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 my. Yes, Lord. Yes. 
of scripture read in your hearing, I just want to read briefly a few words and we will press in. Matthew chapter 6, and please continue to play that. Matthew 6, beginning at verse 9, pray then in this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and Forgive us our debts as we forgive, have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours, or as the old King James verse said, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to talk again, Secrets from My Mother's Prayer Closet, part two. Yeah. 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 I ever heard of contemplative prayer long before I learned of the ways of persons who had studied the cloud of the unknowing long before I had ever learned about how others attempt to go into their prayer closets to pray my mother would pray and as I watched my mother pray I watched her pray in many times in that single word prayer that she learned from Bishop Charles Harrison Mason. That one word, just yes. If you ever study contemplative prayer and you really, really enter into the presence, you will find that it's mostly taught that people should find a single word to use place to come back to as a reflection. It's not a mantra. It is a word. It's a word of focus, a word of prayer. And many people pick all kinds of words. Some will say God, some will say Father, some will say Jesus. Interestingly enough, Bishop Mason sitting on the steps had just one word during his prayer time. And it became his word when he was before the Lord meditating. 
And it became a word that I've always used. It's the only one I need. I've known Christian contemporary uh, prayer word like Maranatha, which I've shared this with you. I know those other words, but I find that in praying like my mama prayed, who prayed like Bishop Mason prayed, I, I find that just simply the yielded word of yes said everything. Because it started out with yes, and then it sometimes would become, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hey, mama, mama. Yes, Lord. Now, now, when you were finished praying, if you had been having a good time and the Lord had been blessing you, you might come out with a new resolve to tell God whatever you want to do is all right with me. So you would say something like, have your way, have your way, have your way. Some of you that don't understand being yielded before God, you, you might get nervous when you tell God it's okay for you to do what you want to do. But when you get to the place of trust in God, you say it with your heart wide open and you just say, have your way, have your way. Teaches today. Move in me. Move in me. Move in me. Move in me. I um I I I need to tell you for for my mother, prayers must be offered as communion with God. I know, I know we live in a world where people pray to get from God. But prayers as communion with God give you everything you need. When you learn to seek God's face and not God's hand, you'll get what's in his hand. Communion with God, I, 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 I it, it gets to the place where you get to where you enjoy being in the presence so much 
words are superfluous. You don't even need them. Because after a while, you really learn that you never pray alone. The Apostle Paul says, the Spirit prays for me. And then later on in the same chapter, he says, and Jesus also prays for me. So even when I start to pray, I'm not alone. And I've got someone praying for me. Learning to enjoy the divine fellowship is essential to a real relationship. Learning just to enjoy being in God's presence. That divine fellowship. I, I am, <laughs> we got needs. We have things we want God to do. There are situations in our lives that need to be fixed. But those situations can and will be addressed by God in fellowship, being close to him. I, I remember this. You might not know it, but there was an old song we used to do, just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. At some point, your desire has to be to be close to God. Everybody keeps trying to change God, to change God's mind. And I'm going to tell you something today that might mess you up. And please get over it quickly. But prayers are not transformative for God. They transform us. Prayers are not transformative to God. They transform us. They bring us into God's presence. They bring us into God's way. And, and so, this model prayer here, not the Lord's Prayer, it's a model prayer, a, a way in which to say to those who loved and trusted him on the earth, 
Don't be like everybody else. I need you to know God more intimately. I need you to trust God more deeply. You don't need a lot of words, but you really need to understand who God is and your relationship to God. You see, we enter the secret place to spend quality time in his presence. And what I need you to do is to begin to enjoy being in the secret place. I want to be in the secret place of the Most High. And I want to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I want to be able to say of the Lord, He is my God. In Him will I trust. And, and, and the model prayer here is an acknowledgement of the awesomeness of God and our ability to be in touch and in tune with the holy. It's an acknowledgement of the awesomeness of God and our ability to be in touch and in tune with the holy. So in my vernacular, my mother taught us the, the Lord's Prayer, as most of your families taught you when you were young and you knew the Lord's Prayer. But my mother had a way of teaching us, and it was from her own grounding in God. So I'm going to use my vernacular, but I'm going to use her ideology and theology. But it'll be in my vernacular, so it'll be my voice. And I want to give you now five things that anchor the prayer. Five things that anchor the prayer. And I use them in singular words only so you could hold on to them and hopefully remember them going forward in your own life. The first thing that anchors the prayer is Abba. Now I have to explain that because Abba is an Aramaic word for father and it's used by Jesus and the Apostle Paul to address God in a relation of personal intimacy. So that word Abba is a real, you know, it, it's an adoring word. It's, it's I love you, I, I want to be close to you. But see, the, the translation hopata in Greek found here literally means the father. But it is not a leap to connect with the intimacy language of Jesus by using Abba. Because what we want to recognize is that Jesus recognized God in a paternal way as in relationship 
And we can recognize God that same way. And we can take it a step further and recognize him as Jesus did, as our Father, our Abba, intimately connected with him. See, it's all about relationship. God wants an intimate, meaningful communion with you. That's all it is. God wants an intimate, meaningful communion with you. I don't want to, I don't want to complicate it. Because see, when you, when you really love God, calling him Father, calling him the divine, remember these pronouns that we ascribe are pronouns that are based upon our own anthropomorphic interest, not necessarily pressed against God. So if you need to call the divine something else, I'm cool with it. You know why? Because God is a spirit, and they that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. But the Abba for me just reminds me of this familial relationship. And it reminds me that I must recognize the God I serve who is both in heaven and here in the earth with us. And I must reverence the very name of God. I must honor it. So he says to them, when you pray, pray then, our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed would be your name. The Amplified Version says he was saying, Abba, Father. You know, if you look down, and let me give you a few passages of scriptures where, where um, Jesus uses it. Mark 14, 36, Jesus calls him, Abba Father and he says all things are possible for you and in that thrilling conversation with God in the garden he says if you want to take away the cup of judgment from me but not as I will your will be done yeah I I need to know that my relationship with God is so close and so loving that I never have to wonder about whether he has my best interest at heart. I just walked down somebody's street right there. You see, I don't know about you, but I love my children. And uh, my wife and I, they don't know what we struggled to, how we struggled to bring them here. They don't understand the trials we went through. They don't understand the, the pain of loss that we've experienced before the joy of victory of childbirth. They don't know that. But they do know I love them. And if I love my children, and my wife loves our children the way we do, we'll do just about anything to bless them. And guess what? I do know they know that. Sometimes they take advantage of it. But I, I do know they know that. 
Well, if me, an earthly father, will do whatever I can, how much more the heavenly father? Come on, y'all. Your children have made mistakes and you still try to bless them. Even when you disciplined them, you were crying more than they were. You, because you love them. How much more? You, do you realize when you start thinking about God as Father and loving you, you realize how much he cares about you? It causes you to have such a relaxation and a freedom because you know that nothing will come upon you that you can't bear because God's going to be with you, bearing it with you. The Abba. The second one, the second thing that, that, that crowns this, this dialogue today, and, and it's, this, it's this thing of alignment. Number two is alignment. Because what Jesus teaches us in Mark 14 is what he tries to instruct us on in verse 10 of the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is already happening in heaven. He says, when you pray, stop trying to tell me what to do and see if you can get in line with what I am doing. This, this is not to say you shouldn't pray prayers of intercession. I'm, I'm talking something different right now. But what this is to say is that as I am praying, I am trying my best to align myself with what God wants in the earth realm as God has perfect will being committed to, to him from the angels in heaven. I too want to be in God's perfect will and not in his permissive will. So God, help me to align my peace with your peace, my thoughts with your thoughts, my joy with your joy, my gifts with your gifts so that I will know that the joy of the Lord will always be my strength. Align me. You know, sometimes, you know, there's certain things that you can't do and certain things you can do, certain things you want to do but you can't do, certain things that you do that you shouldn't do. It's a matter of trying to say, hey, I'm going to try my best to be on the path that you have set without taking my own detours. Your will be done. <laughs> when I get to the alignment, it leads me to the third anchor, which is the acceptance. the acceptance. 
The acceptance is the fact that I am reliant on God. My reliance is upon God for everything. The reason why he says to pray, give us this day our daily bread, is he is reminding us that everything in the cycle of life comes from God. From the rain, to the seed, to the sun, to the growth, to the ground itself. I am relying on God and my acceptance of my reliance on God gives me peace. You know why? You know, how many of you whose son or daughter would ask you for bread would give them a stone? That, that's Jesus' word, not mine. That's his parable, not mine. In other words, when I realize my dependence on God for everything, then I recognize that my relationship to God has to do with every area of my life. Get over yourself. You can't cut God out on some stuff and bring God in on other stuff. I used to hear my, my Pentecostal friends say, say, don't make me lay my Holy Ghost down. And whenever they said that, you know I'm telling the truth, whenever they said that, they were about to act out of character. And open up a can of, anyway. So how in the world are you going to act that way in one area and then want to come raise your hands and be deep in the other? When you get to the place of total acceptance of God and reliance upon God for everything, and the realization, you know, when your reliance and realization is upon God for your subsistence, a job doesn't mean anything to you other than your source of supply for the season. Because if that door closes, my supply is not contingent upon that business. It's contingent upon he who supplies my daily bread. So you, when everybody else start freaking out, you don't lose your mind because you know my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You, you, you don't lose your mind when, they, when people walk away from you and say they don't want anything to do. You say, okay, no problem. Because see, God has already provided those who are supposed to be with me and in my circle of contact. And if I would just trust God, the right people will come. And yeah, some other folk may go, but it's okay. See, I love Pookie and Ray Ray. 
but they may not want to go where God wants me to go. Okay, I've got a rush. This next one's going to mess everybody up. It was going so good. And now, Bishop, you're going to get to this one. This next one is amnesty. Number four is amnesty. I would have loved to use absolution, but amnesty really covers it. Amnesty is only necessary where something has really been done wrong, where a breach has been committed, something egregious has happened that needs to be forgiven. Verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. The Amplified Version adds the parenthetical statement, letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. Now, here's the problem. All of us want to be forgiven for what we've done. But none of us always practice forgiving others for what they've done to us. And the real struggle and the real sign of Christian maturity is your ability to forgive. Some of you are holding 30 year old grudges and you think it's okay. And you may even think I'm mocking you by saying this now, but I'm not. The reality is, is this. Let me read this first section from the message. In prayer, this is the Message Bible 614. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. I think, I think, I just think, I could be wrong. I just think, I, again, I could be wrong. And I'm pretty sure that if you disagree, you are wrong, and you can ask for forgiveness after, and I, I promise I will forgive you. I'm pretty certain that from the maturity level in this room, that all of you, including myself, have done enough sinning to be sent straight to H-E double hockey sticks. Now he or she who has not committed your share of sin is perfectly able to come up here and tell me I'm wrong. I'm just talking to the sinners now. I'm not talking to the holy ones that are, that are above this part. If you, maybe you can't, look, maybe you came out the womb speaking in tongues. Okay, I know I did, but not everybody did. No, just kidding. Listen. Maybe you came out the wound and you had it. But some of y'all got testimonies that you ain't even told. And 
And the good thing about it is you don't have to change the names because some of the guilty with you have already went on home to be with the Lord. So they can't even tell the story on you. So now you're the last one to carry it to the grave. But just because I don't know your testimony doesn't mean there wasn't a record. It gives whole new meaning to that song. You don't know my story. All the sin that I've been through. You can't feel my pain. Of the sin regret I have getting here. You'll never understand my praise. I've been forgiven for a lot. That's why my worship, my worship is for real. You'll never understand my praise. I've been forgiven for a lot. That's why my worship, my worship is for real. I've sinned too much not to worship him. I've sinned too much not to worship him. Y'all better leave me alone. I'm about to preach in here. Okay. So here's my problem. If you know you have a sin problem that required amnesty and yes, even absolution from God, a cleaning up, then why are you going to try and hold stuff other folk did? Like you have some right to this anger. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how they treated me. Guess what? Some of y'all I do know and I don't care because what I've had done to me is no different than what's been done to everybody. And let me tell you something, the stuff we did before God that God has forgiven us, God has said, I wiped that out. I cleaned your slate. I cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. I covered it with the blood. I put it away from you. And now what I need you to do is to get my heart and forgive others when, when I say I don't care it doesn't mean I don't care what you've been through it means you can't tell me a story you see if those saints down there in South Carolina could walk in and look at Dylan Ruth and say, you went into our Bible study. You killed my family. And as hard as it is for me right now to say it, I know that I cannot go forward if I don't let you go. I forgive you. That's what my mama would have wanted. That's what my pastor would have wanted, Pastor Pinkney. He would have wanted me to forgive you because I'm going to show the world what a real Christian looks like. 
Hey, 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 let me, let me tell you something. It's not easy. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have been through trial and tribulation with family members. Some of you have seen the worst of life with loved ones that were on drugs and addicted. Some of you have seen people drag your name through the mud. Some of you have had people call you everything but a child of God. Some of you have had people that wanted to fight you and did fight you. Some of you have had people scandalize your name and they made you feel small and tried to degrade you in ways in which you couldn't handle. And you've been carrying around the pressure of all of that unforgiveness. But I want to tell you, a part of getting real prayer life going is knowing that it's time to let it go. can't build on a weak foundation and the unforgiveness weakens your foundation amnesty the last one and I'm done I'm done I gotta stop didn't intend to be at this long but I'm feeling it number five comes in verse 13 and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let, let, me, let me give you the last. The last one is assurance. Assurance. That's number five. Number five is assurance. Well, bless the name of the Lord. I, I want to close on this. I'm not going to holler. I'm going to be quiet. I'm, I'm done. I really am. I, I just, my God. The one thing that makes me happy is that I realize that because of my relationship with God and because of the kingdom of God that dwells within me and that I'm a part of, because of it, I know that the enemy is going to attack me. He says, deliver me from the evil one. Let me tell you something. The devil's trying to attack you right now. He tries to attack your mind. He tries to tell you, you're not going to get healed. You're, not, you're always going to be sick. You're not going to be well. No one's going to do for you. He tries to tell you money's never going to come out. You're not going to have the job you desire. You're not going to go forward. But I want to tell you this much. I don't care no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I need you to realize that you have a blessed assurance in the fact that God will see with you even until the end of the earth and no matter what comes or what goes, no matter how how bad it gets, what you've got to hold on to is that God is still in control. And even if it's temptation that comes your way, there have therefore been no temptation unto which that God has not already made a way of escape. So as I pray, as I call upon him, I realize I've already been assured of my victory because he who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, he who is my God, my keeper, my Lord, he who I bow down before and worship.
and I say yes, 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 yes to my Lord. Come on, give God a praise if you will. I say yes to my Lord. I'm going to show you something in the next few weeks as we get into Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday's coming up. And I want you to understand about what God is getting ready to do in you. Because, see, it's great to come here and feel his presence. I want you to be able to feel him at home. I want you to be able to pause on your job as it starts to get stressful. When you're on your job, I want you to be able to do, you just to step back and be able to breathe and enter a place with God in the secret place in your heart and get refreshed before you tackle the next thing. Let me tell you something. Anytime, and all of us have experiences, when you're not acting like yourself, it means that your relationship with God is strained and you're away from who you really want to be. What I'm saying is keep restoring it so that you can be your best self everywhere. My soul says, yes, 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 my Lord. Let me, let me tell you, I'm opening the doors of the church. I extend an invitation, and I invite you to come. You can give your heart to God and give your hand to the minister. If you're here today and you're looking for a place of worship, I extend an invitation to you. Become a part of this fellowship. I welcome you now. Online, you're watching me. I want you to know I want you to be a part of this fellowship. You can join us. Call us. Email us. <coughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom. From the bottom of my heart. To the depths. To the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Completely, yes. My soul says yes. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you for those who have heard me online and for those who are here. And I pray, God, that something we've said will bless, will bring them into alignment with you. Lord, even if they have heard it before, let them, Lord, now find new resonance in their spirit. And God, someone who's struggling with forgiveness now, I pray, God, you give them peace and let them realize, Lord, that even if they're forgiven an abuser, 
they're not letting him off the hook. Your judgment and your justice will still be upon them, but they're relieving themselves of having to carry the pain of what they've experienced. They're releasing themselves from that individual so that they no longer allow that individual to control their joy, to control their peace, control their happiness or their sleep. Let them, Lord, see it not simply as a gift to the other, but as a gift to themselves that releases the debtor even as their own debt has been released. But knowing all the while that it is in you they act, and because of it, you go with them even unto peace. Bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now somebody give God a praise before you take your seat. You may take your seat in sanctuary. I want to just do a couple quick things very quickly. I love you, and I'm so grateful for each of you being here. If you have your offering, get your offering ready, your tithes, your capital gifts, whatever God has laid upon your heart, get it prepared. And <coughs> on your way out this morning, give it uh, to the ushers as you leave. Just place it in the bucket. Um, I want you to know there are three ways to give. You can give by Cash App, by Givelify, or you can mail it in. If you're online, don't forget to be a participant in this offering right now. If you have your gift in your hand or you got it on your electronic device, let's pray over it. God, we know you love a cheerful giver, so we give cheerfully and gloriously and joyously. Bless us now with the harvest and the return that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> well, I thank God my allergies held off till the end of worship. Amen. I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing I really just know that this today was the will of God. I, I, amen. I accept this as God's perfect will. The ministers of Shiloh will tell you this was God's perfect will. And once I stood here and, and got in this position, I knew, okay, Lord, I, all right, amen. And God's perfect will. So I just appreciate heaven for moving and doing what God wanted to do today in this place. Amen. If you can't tell, I'm trying to take you somewhere. So if you didn't hear the first sermon, go back and hear the sermon, Secrets from My Mother's Prayer Closet, and then listen to this again because I'm trying to teach you some lessons that are bigger than this moment. And I'm going to come back, as I've already taught on contemplative prayer, I'm going to come back and talk more about what that means. I'll even talk to you a little bit about Lectio Divina and try and share some things with you. But I just want you to get in your, your spirit. If when you are meditating this week, take a moment. If you can just take seven minutes. I don't care if you just sing yes for seven minutes. I just want you to spend some time with God. If you just pray, 
Seven minutes with God is what I'm asking this week. Seven minutes with God in prayer, in quiet if you can. And the longer you stay with God, the more you'll feel the divine presence. Just asking. Seven minutes. All right? I love you all with the love of the Lord. You won't change my mind. Tuesday night is Bible study. Wednesday, of course, prayer at 1 o'clock. I love you all. Let me just say, we'll continue to pray for Sister Terry's mother. We're holding her up. She's still fighting for life. She, amen. Thank God for every day, every hour, every minute. And we just ask you to keep holding her before the Lord. I'm praying for all of you and for all of your needs. I saw my dear brother Clarence. Brother Clarence, wave your hand. He's back there. He's all the way to back there. Brother Clarence just came back from burying his brother. And we love you and appreciate you. Amen. Praying for the whole Cooper family. We love you. I'm praying for each one of you. And again, let me commend Sister Lisa Ken, who just celebrated her retirement yesterday. She's, uh, she, she's really trying to figure out what to do with herself now. She don't, know what to, she don't know what it means to wake up in the morning on Monday and not have anywhere to go. So it's, it's, it's like, okay, now she's got to find a new routine. Yeah. So we're, we're so glad. I, I can tell you there's a few people who've been retired for a minute. They can give you some tips. Yeah. Now, I, I can't say they won't involve shopping, but... <laughs> Even if they cut their credit cards up, they come back and get order them again. <laughs> See, now I didn't say anything about anybody. If you don't nod your head, you just keep looking forward. Nobody know I'm talking about you, Deaconess. Nobody even know. <laughs> I love y'all with the love of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank you all. Let me tell you also, today is also Peace Officer Sunday. So before I leave, I want to pray for every law enforcement officer. I want to pray God keeps them under the blood and blesses them, him, him or her, as they serve every correctional, <coughs> every corrections officer, praying for God's blessings upon them. Amen. Thank you so much. Praying for every one of them that God will bless them and cover them and that they will walk without bias serve without bias, and use sound judgment in everything they do. Please remember in your prayers this week while you're praying, the people of Ukraine and, and this, this unnecessary evil being perpetrated upon them. And then remember our brothers and sisters in Buffalo who uh, someone drove 100 miles just to go into a grocery store and to kill people with an assault rifle. I have no idea how we have become so divided as a nation and how evil has elevated its ugly head. But I do know this much. Each of us has to remain vigilant, continue to build relationships, continue to tear down walls, continue to walk righteously, and to walk humbly with our God so that we can be living examples of what it means to be people of faith in this world. Amen. That's the light to be held up against the darkness. Amen. You being the best you of goodwill. 
So let's pray as we close. Amen. So God, we thank you for this day and for our worship together. Thank you for the celebration of love and of life and of prayer and Mama's prayer closet. I thank you, Lord, for Jesse Yvonne Pruitt Watts, my darling mother, and for her legacy. And I ask God that what was passed down to us can continue to be passed down to others so that there'll be more prophets and prophetess and teachers and evangelists and missionaries and leaders and Christians and saints lifting up your name. This is our prayer. Go with us as we leave this place in Jesus' name. Amen. And you know what I say, y'all. Shalom. My soul says yes, 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 my Lord. My, my soul says yes, yes, yes. My soul says yes, 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 my Lord. My soul says yes, yes.